0: Podcasting is so difficult to grow to begin with. Yeah. And the, the, the great equalizer is consistency.
1: I wanted to talk to you about podcasting because yeah. you obviously have a very successful podcast. Like, and I have a lot of friends in the podcasting world, and I'm pretty sure your numbers beat all of them. I think when we talked a little over a year ago, you were like approaching a million downloads a month yeah so I'm guessing you passed
0: that <laughs> uh it's it's around there it goes okay. back and forth totally um yep. but like that's like the number like that's yep. all it takes um I actually the update on my end i just signed with SiriusXM mm. um for the pod, so um that was like a big accomplishment to get in there. They've got some of the the biggest pods on their network, so that what, was big but what do you yeah, mean man, you, what do you mean you signed with them what is what does that mean uh so it means a couple of things. I mean, to the average person, it doesn't mean much. I means it means I'll I'll be on SiriusXM, which is which is nice. But the there they basically help me monetize the podcast. So like wow. their ad team goes out and secures all the brand partnerships. I just got to do what I do best. They pay me, you know, money, and uh, <laughs> it works out. It works out really well, dude. That's um, amazing. Well, congratulations. Yeah, I'm pretty, I'm, uh, thanks, man. Yeah, I'm I'm pretty stoked about that one. Um, just cause like in the past I, I never wanted to really monetize a podcast cause I've just monetized it through all my journals and it's crushed yeah. it for, for years. And then it got to the point I was like, you know, why not be paid for what I actually do, which is the podcast. And yeah. I was really stubborn for a while. I was like, I don't want to be that guy who does ads. But then I kind of realized for one that it's like par for the course. If you host the top podcast, you do ads because you should be paid for what you do. And, um, it kind of just evolved my thinking there and then, you know, did the, the gambit of going around to the different networks and uh, talk to them. And wow. Sirius was really impressive too. Plus I want to do some music stuff on BPMs. So it just kind of made sense. Well, I mean,
1: I imagine having um, a following of only a million per month doesn't give you much leverage because of how small of a following that really is. No, I'm just kidding. (laughs)
0: <laughs> well it's 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 funny someone on the outside might be like yeah a million's not a lot a million in podcasting is a shit ton yeah you know, i was being uh, sarcastic actually yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. but i used to, i if i heard that from the outside i'd be like a million now nah, what are you gonna do with a million it's really it's like economies of scale where a million on youtube for instance like a million views on yeah, youtube yeah, yeah. is nothing uh, yeah you can't make a living off that a million huh. on a podcast you can make a great living totally yeah no i talked to i talked six figure
1: living it's crazy so uh, to your point on youtube you find someone with a million subscribers it's not as big of a feat as when you get your first million subscribers on a podcast like it it, it's it's very active
0: listening too you know yeah it's night and day yeah i mean even like i you could you could make some like good money on a podcast that like Three hundred thousand downloads a month. Not even thinking about subscribers. Mm-hmm. If you get the right people, like selling your inventory and doing the right stuff, like you can make good stuff. Just because to your point, it's a different medium. It's a very lean forward medium, and yeah, advertisers want that. And you know, hundred thousand people, two hundred thousand people that listen to your podcast, not just like scrolling through the algorithm of YouTube. It's yeah, it's very different. And
1: podcasting platform is so powerful because of how fast paced you know, social media and media is nowadays, everyone has the attention span of 10, 15 seconds, maybe, and you're getting information really quick. And so there's a lot of information out there and people have like these little nuggets of wisdom or this practical, you know, advice, but on a podcast, if you can grab people's attention for, I mean, your podcast, what, like anywhere from 15 to 20 minutes, you're grabbing their attention for 15 to 20 minutes. Sometimes they're listening to that, you know, two of your episodes from the week on their way to work, you're grabbing their attention for 40 minutes to an hour. Like that's, powerful to have their attention for that long. And, and even, you know, with you monetizing and doing ads, you know, I know I, I, a lot of my friends are like, yeah, I don't want to do ads and I don't want to be the person who's, you know, pumping commercials to people. And I'm like, well, man, you partner with the right commercials and it's super helpful for your, your clients. Cause you know, I listened to Joe Rogan, I listened to Dr. Huberman and, you know, Dr. Brené Brown and people. And whenever like Dr. Huberman was like athletic greens, I'm partnered with them, but yeah. I use them every day because of blah, blah, blah. And I was like, I've been looking for a supplement that I need to take every day that would take away my need for all these pills. And so, you know, ordered that. And so, and you know, Joe Rogan recommends things sometimes, and you kind of got to filter it between, are they partnered with the product, trying to make money, or if they actually truly like it. But I'm like, yeah, you partner with some, you know, companies that you think are dope and you like, I'm like, it just, you know, help your, help your audience.
0: Yeah, that's the thing. I mean, so even before I signed with Sirius, I went out and got my own ads. And then the first thing I went to BetterHelp and then I went to Athletic Greens and I worked with oh, them nice. for a while and made some good money with them. And I was and then through that I was like, man, let me just do this at scale with the right brands and I'm mm-hmm. helping people and I'm making money and it's and it's good and it's fine. Um, so I think that's what worked out really well for me. I just think like someone going into podcasting with the goal of making money is a little bit skewed. Yeah. Like that is this, that comes and definitely should be an objective, but first you've got to find a way to establish a relationship with these people such that they'll listen to you and they'll care about what you say. And then you go and make money from it. I didn't make a cent directly from the podcast for years and then two years in did the journals that started blowing up. Um, but yeah, I mean, you gotta, you gotta, you know, you gotta, Plant the, the tree first, and uh, let it grow, and then yeah. can do it.
1: And then you have your, your new journal out, but first inner peace. When was that released? That was released in July. In July, so that's super new. Okay, so it's a practical guide to manifesting a peaceful life and new beginnings that come
0: with it. However, uh, how how has that one been been shipping? That one's really good. So it's pretty interesting. Like I've learned so much about publishing about direct to consumer marketing, logistics, manufacturing, because I've tried pretty much every, every way of creating a journal and getting it in people's hands from yeah. finding my own printers in Canada and printing this stuff and storing in warehouses and shipping it out and doing Shopify. This one's interesting because I did it only on Amazon via Amazon's printing solution um, because I wanted to see if I could build a brand from scratch with no investment in it. Um, because you, you don't, you don't pay anything other than you give them their cut and it's, and it, it kills it. I mean, it's a top, I don't know what it's ranked right now, but for the first two months, it's been a top 3000 book on Amazon of wow. 30 million books. So I'm really like l- leveraging the ecosystem of Amazon. Um, so I don't even have to do any marketing on it and, and it's selling really well. Um, so that one's really cool. I'm really into the concept on that one too. It's about manifestation, which I think is one of those topics that's so ubiquitous on like TikTok for instance, I wanted to like get in there and make yeah. my own version. Love it. Um, so that's been a vibe, dude. That's awesome. Congrats on that. And the success of that. Nice man. Yeah. It, yeah.
1: Um, I'll, I'll put some links in the bio for this for people to click on that. And you know, all, uh, 1000 of my, uh, subscribers will go, <laughs> <Let's> go. <laughs> and go do that. Yeah. <laughs> um, Hey, well, quick question though. Um, so with your podcast, I kind of want to take it back to like, fourth grade. And I I am blown away by the amount of people who message me and go, Hey, how do I start a podcast? And a lot of these people are entrepreneurs. And what irks me about it is I'm like, there is so much information in the world on how to start a podcast. You literally can, there's a, there's a software called Google where you type in words and then (laughs) images and, and ideas pop up. And, but, um, but I wanted to talk to you on like kind of your steps that you took to start this podcast, even a little bit of the nitty gritty details of like the equipment you bought maybe some of the doubts or some of the hurdles you had to overcome mentally and physically and kind of just give your story on how that started.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I think back. So, so I, I launched it in 2018 and, um, we're now in 2022. So four and a half years, basically for, for, four and a half years. Um, I would say for me, like, uh, I mean, the, the details, I launched it with three episodes, like I encourage people to do. I, I when I first launched it, I was very strategic about uh, where I encouraged people to listen. Apple Podcasts. I think a lot, I see a lot of podcasters launch and they're like, hey, listen wherever you want. Like, go for it, Whatever. I found that being specific about where you want people to listen to it really helps. For one, on the Apple side, or to help you chart, if everyone only listens on Apple at least originally, mm-hmm. um, it'll it'll help boost your profile there. Um, so yeah, I remember my first month; it garnered fifty seven thousand downloads. That's crazy. Um, which again doesn't sound like a lot, but in podcasting, as an independent first time podcaster, it's actually a lot. Yeah. Um, so I was really proud of that, and then kind of the the ripple effect from there just kind of continued. But I think like the 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 thing I did really well um, for one is I don't do guests on the podcast, um, which, you know, I, I do for a. I don't do for a couple reasons. Um, but mainly I really wanted to create a connection with people mm. so that they would trust me and not just someone who's a good interviewer, although I think that's an amazing skill and definitely a big value in podcasting. But I wanted people to get a peek inside my mind. And one of the things that I did that really helped the podcast blow up was, you know, initially the podcast was kind of like, you know, how to be happier, how to be more self-aware, just kind of like softball kind of la la land type topics where it really became impactful was really taking time to understand what are people triggered about and not like in a negative way. Like I'm just trying to get under people's skin and trigger them, but like, how can I Tell stories and offer value on subjects that are triggering, uh, namely things like breakups and you know overcoming things uh, yeah. like specific pain points in life. Um, rather than being broad, that really helped, uh, things blow up because naming, like for instance, starting to do dating content, starting to do breakup content. Every time I released an episode, people would share it because everyone had a friend who's going through a breakup, who's gone through a breakup. And that's what started this ripple effect. Mm -hmm. People sharing the podcast. Cause you think about podcasting, there's really not a great built-in discovery mechanism. If you can chart, maybe, but even on charting, you have to be top 50, or it doesn't really matter because people, mm-hmm. people don't scroll past it. So you've got to find a way to get more eyeballs. And yeah. if you don't have a huge social following, or a big email list, you're kind of just at the mercy of the wind. So you've got to find a way to get people to share. And I found that being super specific in the, in the triggering sense really, really did it. And then, of course, you back it up with good content. Um, that was really helpful. And at the time, I, I think I had a podcaster USB mic. I've upgraded it a little bit since then. But, I mean, I've been following the same process for four years. I just sit in my apartment in Chicago. I recorded it in Audacity. I record it through. I go back and edit it through. I upload it to Libsyn, and I call it the day. Um, so I really don't spend a whole lot of time on the production side. I know a lot of people, like, really are, like, nervous about that. I don't know anything. I mean, a couple YouTube videos, and you'll, you'll be off to the races. Dude, it's so crazy how simple it is to, you know, like, have you ever recorded any episodes on your phone? Uh, no, but there were a couple times where I thought I was going to have to, and then figured out, but that it could have totally worked. I yeah. could record a, on here and then throw it into audacity, clean it up a little bit. And yeah. it would have sounded really good.
1: The, yeah. I, I recorded a podcast on here and then a podcast on a 12. And then I had someone clean it up a little bit and I showed it to a few friends. I said, which one's the 12? And they're like, <laughs> I have no idea. And a few <laughs> of them voted for the microphone and it was just so, you know, easy to hear and, and audible that it was like, yeah, it, you know, iPhone quality is great. You just have to be more careful with how you move the mic because it'll yeah. you know it'll, it'll go in and out. But it's crazy. Yeah. I'm like, people are like, I don't have, you know, I, I need to save up and buy a microphone. I'm like, okay, 100 bucks, 100 bucks, if that. And if you can't find 100 bucks, and they're like, well, I don't have 100 bucks. I'm like, well, you have an iPhone, so I don't know how you don't have 100 bucks, but use your iPhone.
0: <laughs> and then there's yeah. all
1: these softwares you can use. You know, my friend, one well, of my friends use a garage band to edit the audio and then throws it up to, you know, yeah. uh, Sprouts and then. Does his magic so? Um, have, simple. Have you ever, like, had a vulnerability hangover from any of the podcasts? Because you release two a week—that's a lot. So you're processing a lot of information to millions of people. Like, what has some of your journey been on? Like. You release something and you're like, oh shit! (laughs) Like, what? What did I? What did I say? How are people going to receive that? You know, I don't know how I feel about what I said. I imagine some of your topics, and this is an assumption—you haven't told me this—but could be a process. Could be like a, you're emotionally processing it into the camera, or do you have them all listed out as like a perfect format, and then you're like, this is exactly. I know that. I know that. I know that I'm saying this. Or, I would just love to hear about some of that process.
0: Yeah, I mean, so I'm a writer at my core. So I approach the podcast from a writing perspective first. So when I sit down, I have a very, very, very detailed outline because I'm, wow. I'm approaching it as a writer. How do I want to relay a thought? What are the adjectives I want to use? What are the key phrases I want to use to drive home a point? So I will write that all out. and It's very, very, very detailed. Nice. So that is my way of coming to terms with it so that when I get on the mic, It's there's no pressure to, you know, create on the spot. I've already done the hard work, the vulnerable work, and now it's up to me to deliver that in an authentic way. So that's kind of how I operate. Um, To go back to what you were saying, I think for me, it's like having done this for almost five years, two episodes a week on topics that are inherently just emotion driven. um, Yeah, I would say it's kind of a mix of like vulnerability overload sometimes and also a mix of imposter syndrome. Like I think the imposter syndrome is something a lot of people suffer from on the podcast. I am like, who am I to get on here and give life advice? Like sometimes I still think that, especially on the dating side, I think it's hilarious that I give dating advice. But what I came to realize is for one, I don't give dating advice. I give mindfulness advice for people who date. And second, I'm not telling people what to do. I always, always say I'm not an expert. People love to call me an expert and that's a gift and a privilege, but I always say I'm not. I say I'm a guy who has learned what's make, what makes me happy. And I'm a guy who has learned the power of question and answering. And I share the questions that have helped me in my life. Totally. And that, that process has really helped me rid myself of some of the imposter syndrome. Cause I think a lot of the times when people think about podcasting, they're like, okay, because I have a podcast, I therefore need to position myself as a thought leader. And I'm like, well, you don't have to do that right now. Maybe down the line when you are, but initially you are a curator of information, whether that's with a guest, you're an interviewer, Mm -hmm. whether that's with a guest or on your own, if you're doing solo episodes, which I think are great, then you are a perspective provider. You are an experience recapper. That is what you're doing. You're not telling people what to do. You're, you're describing your experiences and what has helped you use the word I, and that has really helped me kind of overcome that. Um, because especially in the self-help space, man, it, it's it's very tempting to do those kinds of things, but it's really never sat well with me. Who am I? Who am I to give you life advice? I don't freaking know, mm-hmm. but I do know what's made work for me, so why not share that? And that is something I can have confidence in. No one can take that from me. So that's totally. where I kind of derive the confidence. And then 425 episodes, it's a muscle. You practice this, you get good at it, both speaking, delivery, confidence, but also just thought process. Mm-hmm. You give me a prompt, like, you give me a prompt of uh, case. How do you become more confident? If you give me 30 minutes, I can come up with a 20 minute episode and just roll with it. Um, and that's a muscle. I never used to be able to do that. So I yeah. think people would be surprised once they put themselves in the game for long enough what they can do. Um, and But they need to check those feelings that are undoubtedly going to try to derail them in a sense. Okay.
1: Dude, that's, I mean, that's a ton of really good information. I love that. Do you, uh, if you could go back to year one case and be like, hey, look, I'm going to mentor you through your podcast journey and show you some things to avoid or some, you know, pitfalls, whatever. What what kind of advice would you give them?
0: Oh, that's a good question. Uh, I mean, I would say keep it short and sweet. Honestly, I do think that like, I don't know, it's tough because like I listen to Rogan too and I love his episodes and some of them are going to be two hours long. But that's because he's so locked in with these people and the guests are so unique and have such great perspective. Um, I think on the guest side, like choosing the right guests is, is everything. If you're if you're a guest model, if I, if I if I had to do it over, I was thinking about this the other day. If I was to create a podcast from scratch and do guests, I would go to Reddit. And I would find people who have insane stories. They're all over Reddit, man. Yeah, Reddit yeah. is such a wealth of information. It's so so freaking cool. Yeah. I would go there, I would find a story, I would say, hey, do you want to be on my podcast? And I would interview that person. Not the same person who's been on every single podcast doing yeah. the same sound bites. Like I've been on so many podcasts and I'm privileged to do that. But I say the same thing over and over again. If you've listened to one case podcast, interview you maybe have heard me say similar things and i I love to be able to do that but i was like the the coolest thing in this day and age of podcasting is find someone whose story hasn't been told and they're a regular freaking person that is unbelievable. And I would love to hear that. Um, so I would say that when it comes to like finding guests, I think a lot of times people struggle with that. Um, maybe they, they want the best of the best. Um, but I think starting out, you can get some best of the best stories and perspective from the right people and not put yourself in a corner of being at the Liberty of someone's publicist or, you know, hoping that they'll say yes. Um, where you can create amazing value just on your own, uh, on your own research. I love that. And, um, I don't want to keep you for too long
1: on this topic, but uh, you, you, t- you touched on marketing a little bit. That's one of the biggest things. I see people who are consistent, super consistent with their content, where they're just releasing an episode every freaking day. They have you know 300 episodes out and they have 20 plus followers who listen to those episodes and I'm like, obviously, it's not, just, it's, it's not just the consistency of releasing an episode, because you can yell all you want, but if no one's listening, it's not going to do anything. And if <laughs> nobody knows where, yeah. where to go listen to you, you know what I'm saying? And so I like how you said, you know, what are people triggered about? And then you're, you're thinking of topics that are going to be easily shared or things that are like, oh, this is a good one. Uh, what are some other things you've learned about getting your voice out there so more people uh, find your podcast? Or what would you, or I guess, some. Who, how would you recommend somebody who has a very small following on how they can continue to market their podcast along with finding triggering subjects that, you know, would get shares?
0: Yeah, so I would say a couple of things. I would say one on the content side, in addition to uh, the, you know, making it triggering and in, in the compassionate sense, keep it simple. Like take one idea and do the podcast on that one idea. Sometimes that, you know, decision paralysis. If you have too many topics on a podcast, mm-hmm. you know, what are people sharing it for? I am grateful to have a lot of people support me and I get, you know, thousands of five star reviews. On the occasion that I don't get a five star review, the feedback is usually that I repeat myself too much. But I do that purposely. I pick one topic and I beat it up for 20 minutes. Mm. And I repeat myself for 20 minutes. And I because it gives sound bites. Oh, case said that. I'm gonna send that to my friend. Case said that thing, I'm gonna send it to my friend. Mm. They remember what the episode is about. Like respectfully to some, you know, Joe or some of those guys. You know, I could listen to an episode and then a day later, not really remember what it was about because they talked about so many things, which is valuable. But when it comes to shareability, I have found that it detracts from it. So Mm. hitting that that triggering topic and then just beating it up for like 20 minutes, I have found does really, really well. That's one. Um, That seems what mindset mentor mindset mentor does as well seems Rob, like he, yeah, he, yeah. He yeah. Like he's it works really that. well in the mindset space too, because yeah. you, you take a mindset for instance, yeah. and then you just come at it from multiple angles until That's at good. the end of the podcast, people are like, all right, I got it. Yeah. I got it. Got it. Yeah. You know, it's good. <laughs> so
1: I love that, bro. Uh, That's awesome.
0: And yeah, then, so I didn't mean to yeah, interrupt you.
1: What was number two? No, no.
0: I just, I, I, I just think, and I think about like what I would want to consume as well. I'm extreme, extre- I'm pretty ADD. Like, to sit down for 50 minutes is a chore for me uh, sometimes. So I like I would listen to myself for 20 minutes. Then I'll do 20 minutes and I won't do it anymore. So that's on the solo side. I would also say this is obvious, but I find a lot of people don't do it necessarily. But the way that I got so many reviews and so many uh, people listening is because I always ask people uh, for 425 episodes. My outro is always, if you enjoy this, please share it with a friend. Send them the link. Tell them I do new episodes every Monday and Thursday. Doesn't get any simpler than that. I say. Also, if you could spend thirty seconds right now while you're listening, open the app that you're playing in, hit five stars, write a sentence, hit. Re- I always, always, always ask. Yeah. Um, but I'm also very specific. I, I find a lot of podcasters say, thank you so much for listening. Smash the like button, share. Don't forget to rate and review. Don't forget to visit my, like all these things. And people are like, I, you know, love you, but I feel, yeah, atta- I I feel attacked. <laughs> yeah, literally a, yeah. Like, Yo, sh- chill. So I do one thing and I ask people to do it and I try to be genuine about it. Yeah. Um, yeah. And then there's all the intangibles, of course, when you develop a following, if someone compliments you, if someone comments on a post, you comment back, you thank them for their comment. You thank them for their share, little things like that. And then, you know, it takes time. I mean, I'm doing it for four years. I'm still at a million, which is nothing compared to some of the big guys. But, it, it you know, the little things add up, certainly. Um, and then eventually you get in the groove of you understand what topics do well, and you do it again, and you do it again, <laughs> just from, from different angles I love that. in a way that works. I love that. Dude, yeah, Okay. I have one last question because I want to wrap the segment up. But, okay, so uh,
1: for somebody who is has the vision to monetize their podcast eventually. I love how you sell your own products. Uh, Another friend of mine has their own podcast and they literally make two million plus a year from marketing just their own stuff. And then they don't, they don't do any ads themselves. They just, and I'm like, you get to, it's ridiculous. Cause the margins are so amazing on that. You know, you create the, it's done. um, and so, <laughs> but, but you know, for people, you know, there's so many different ways to monetize a podcast nowadays, you know, what would be a piece of advice you'd give somebody who's like, listen, I love doing this. I know I'm going to do it. I understand it takes a long time to build, but ultimately I want to monetize it. What advice would you give them?
0: Yeah. So I'd say, I'd say a couple things, you know, get to the point where you get a hundred listeners or whatever it is. Um, and then prove to yourself that you can monetize it. I think an easy way would be to do an Amazon affiliate, create your Amazon store and drive people there and say, Hey, I've got a great book for you. Check out my book listing reviews on the, on the, on my Amazon store, collect your affiliate. Or if you're in a fitness, your fitness gear, whatever it is, build off someone else's platform, prove that you can convert someone. Prove yes. that you can drive traffic from a podcast app to a page and convert them. Do that. Great. You did, you did it with no, no investment. I would say step two that I'm partial to as an entrepreneur is go build your own product and then do it and prove that you can convert. And then I would say step three was would be collect all that data and then go take it to a brand and say, I convert at this rate, even though mm-hmm. I have a small audience, it's worth it to you so on and so forth. And then once you have the numbers, you don't have to do that anymore. Cause they'll yeah. just be like, I want a million people. Um, but otherwise it's super clean to do it that way. Um, and then, and then of course you show the alignment with the brand. Like when I went, went with better help, I didn't know who to email, who to email over there. So I emailed the CEO, he immediately forwarded it to the head of the podcasting, and boom, 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 super alignment, showed the alignment. Um, went from there. Um, but there's also lots of little things that you could do on the growth side that I forgot to mention. Like a lot of the like lesser podcasting apps are really eager. Um, like think about like Stitcher and I think Himalaya was one and there's a couple that I'm blanking on, but you could literally reach out to their podcasting team and say, Hey, I'd love to be featured on your, your editor's curated page, your editor's choice page. Mm-hmm. Um, and you can come to an alignment and they'll do that for you and they'll drive free listeners to your podcast. So there's all kinds of ways that you can get clever. And then you could take that to the brand and say, I was a stitcher editor's choice podcast. I was this, I was that. Um, and then of course, social proof of, of, uh, reviews definitely helps. And you can go and get 20 friends to review the podcast. Just give it a little kick in the butt. So I'd say between that, the positioning and then the data, Um, I think Amazon affiliate or any affiliate, I suppose, um, can work on that front, but just prove that you can do it. And then, uh, and then you can maybe take it from triple A to double A to the big leagues. I love that.
1: That's so cool. Dude, there is so much helpful information in this. Thank you so much for talking about your journey of podcasting and how, you know, other people can get started how they can take their ideas
0: and put it practically into audio voice. Do it. Are you on YouTube at all? Uh, you know, I'm not, but that's the next thing I've got to figure out. I'm a little stubborn about some things. I'm like, Oh God, to get cameras and and positioning. I just, I got to do it. Yeah. Um, I have a YouTube channel. I got like 3000 subs or something, but it hasn't been like full podcast episodes. So working
1: on that. Okay. Sweet. Well, sweet. Thanks, bro. Thank you so much for your time and talking about the subject and excited to have you on uh, another time.
0: Of course, man. Thank you.